I want to talk for a few moments about hospitable space. Seems kind of random, I suppose. How this came about uh, started Friday night. So we had uh, parked ourselves in a hotel. Well, then I had uh, just right across from the airport for an early departure. So I was trying to get all my stuff together, if you will, to get ready for this morning. And um, so this passage that uh, Diana read is the passage that we were going to be, we did use, as a matter of fact, in our adult class in the Fellowship Hall. We've been going through some scripture each Sunday using uh, a kind of format called a narrative um, lectionary just to use something consistently and allow it to speak to us and us sort of interact with the scripture. So as I sat with it, um, I began to be drawn into it because it is a passage about hospitality. Historically, as scholars have looked at that passage, um, they have recognized within the hospitality that Abraham offered these three individuals as they were walking through the desert. And I began to think about all the hospitality that uh, Linda and I had experienced as we were road tripping through San Francisco, Sonoma Valley, and all points north and south and, and east and west. Everywhere we went, there was this amazing hospitality, uh, the restaurants, uh, the hotels, uh, the state parks, all the places, <coughs> excuse me, all the places that we hiked. And that's part of it because, of course, they want you to come back and they want you to enjoy your time there. But in that way, hospitality kind of is a consumer-oriented focus. Uh, in fact, one of the hotels that we stayed at, a place called Healdsburg, I didn't notice this until we were sitting at breakfast one morning and I hear something going by me, kind of like a very, very quiet vacuum cleaner. And Aaron happens to say, well, well, there goes the robot. And I turned around and sure enough, there was one of these robots sort of looked like a kind of updated version of R2-D2. And uh, you can ask for towels if you need extra towels. And this little robot will hop on the elevator, come up to your room, and don't know if it knocks on the door or just pounds itself on the door like this. <laughs> but then it brings you towels. So all I did just to find out was we didn't need towels. We were in room 207. So as I walked by it, I just told it that room 348 wanted some breakfast and would it take it up there. So um, I don't know if it did or not. So. But there is all this hospitality that, as I realized, was, was making me want to come back, was making me want to, to really be here and enjoy. What does it look like to provide hospitable space for one another in a world that often seems very inhospitable, if not hostile? So we have this story this morning, as I said, that I read out of Genesis 18, and where you have Abraham, and you have to imagine, of course, Abraham and Sarah have been traveling for a long time. Um, they are, are, are moving toward the promised land, the promise that God has given Abraham. And out there in that day and time, there is nobody, nobody for miles, for weeks, for months. And so Abraham is sitting at his tent, and he sees these three visitors coming. And often in that culture, during that day and age, it was, it was important to provide hospitality for people because they would have probably been tired. They would have been hungry. More likely, they would have been thirsty. And so you opened up your life to them. You, you offered this space for them for sustenance, for security, for a place where they could rest and replenish. And I'm sure that there were probably moments where 
Abraham and Sarah, quite honestly, got a little bit tired of always just having to talk to each other. And so it's kind of nice to have three more visitors around to talk to and to, and to chat them up and um, see what's going on. The twist in the story, though, is that these end up being more than just your everyday common visitors. As church historians and church fathers and maybe some of us picked up on, these feel more like divine messengers. People who have a message from God to give to Abraham and Sarah, and a message that they did give, which sort of sets us up to understand what hospitable space may be. And this is the way I'll kind of move into it. That hospitable space is that space we offer each other and everyone in this world in which God's presence often shows up in ways that speaks to new life, that speaks to new hope. Hospitable space is that space that we offer to people, which is space of acceptance, of welcoming, which gives sometimes sustenance and gives a sense of security. Hospitable space, quite honestly, is that space where we welcome one another because we know we need one another. And the folks that we welcome need to have that space of welcoming. Now that's a lot of definitions and words thrown in, but I hope you kind of get the idea. And what I want to do just for a few moments is offer you some suggested hospital spaces, hospitable spaces, thank you, or hospital, hospitable spaces that maybe we can offer in our life that may look like ways that can actually be enacted the minute we walk out the door. So for example, we create these hospitable spaces when we welcome strangers into our life and we serve them much like Abraham welcomed these strangers into his life and served them. You notice what he did right away. He started getting the, the well, he asked Sarah to, to get the, the bread ready, to get the plates ready, to get the food ready. He went out and someone else got the calf ready. So there's all this preparation going on. And then as he offers it to them, he serves them in a way that says, I am here for you and I want to get to know you and I hope we can become friends and I hope we can interact and I hope you'll communicate and commune with us. Because I think our greatest challenge today in some ways is finding ways to push past the ways that we fear what we don't know and who we don't know in order to be able to get to know one another. Now, the stranger may be someone from another country. It may be another person from another part of town, another denomination, another social class. Sometimes a stranger in our life, because maybe I've made him a stranger or we've made him a stranger, is that person who differs with us theologically or that person who differs with us politically. And when all we have is a world of strangers, all we have is a world of individuals living in fear and suspicion of one another, and we end up lacking community. And I don't mean just what we might have here, I mean human community. And so we need to create hospitable spaces where conversations can occur. And this didn't take very long for me to put the proverbial uh, rubber to the road as soon as I began putting these thoughts on paper. So yesterday, I got into a conversation on social media about a particular political topic, one of the hot ones today. The conversation didn't go very far. I just asked a question. Well, as soon as I asked the question, there was another statement made, and I thought, hmm, I know where this is going to go. 
And I know that this is not the medium for this to happen because it does not serve it very well. So what I did was I said to the person, I tell you what, I would love to have this conversation with you and I will take you out to lunch or I'll buy coffee with you, but I'll buy. Now, I wasn't sure the person took me very seriously or thought I was very sincere, and I get that. Because sometimes in our culture today, that feels more like a, so I'm gonna buy a lunch and I'm gonna persuade you to my opinion because I'm buying lunch. So I private messaged the person. I said, look, I am totally sincere. I wanna buy lunch, wanna get you coffee, whatever it may be, and I will buy. I really want to know how you understand this position. And I would like to share with you my position, but I think we need to do it face to face because that's the only way these conversations are going to happen. And what I realized was I could talk about hospitable spaces all day long and come before you and talk about it, but then hit the send button on that and just boom, 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 boom. And within about five minutes, I have unloaded all my deepest opinions and thoughts and great wisdom. And then I can walk away from the computer and feel good about myself. And no hospitable space has been offered. I hope this person takes me up on it, and I think they will. Because they emailed me back and we traded emails and he said, I gotta do some traveling, but let's do this when I get back. And I actually got excited about this because I thought this is what needs to happen. Where we can provide hospitable space where strangers can sit together, even if they have strangers of ideas and be able to share. So there's that. I think we create hospitable spaces where the possibilities of how God can bring new life into this world can be heard. So these visitors to Abraham's tent announced that Sarah was going to have a baby, which, say, which seemed ridiculous and absurd given the odds, and even to Sarah, and it says because she laughed. And the visitors pointed out that she laughed. And you know what? On the surface, this all seems very legitimate. She, how old are they? They're old, about 100 years old, as the Bible says. Past childbearing age, barren, you got to say to Sarah, that's a pretty legit response in the context of all this. But then as I began to sit with that Friday night, I began to ask myself, so how many times, though, have I laughed, <clears throat> excuse me, inwardly, maybe outwardly, but more inwardly, <clears throat> when someone says, you know, I think we can do this, or I think God has really called us to this, or I think this is, this is what God can do with this, and outwardly I said, that's a really good idea, and inwardly I'm going, <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm just going to kind of give you enough room to get that done, but you'll find out eventually. I've done that so many times. I have been a Sarah, where I have laughed inwardly, maybe scoffed inwardly, and said to myself, that's probably not going to happen, but I don't want to be the one to tell them. And what this story tells me is sometimes I need to move past my Sarah place and be in the position where I begin to hear these dreams of people, these leadings they have, and say, you know what, I don't know, but let's see where that goes. Let's see what and how God gives birth to all this. I would have never known a few years ago that a camp out for hunger would have got 7,000 pounds of food, I would have never known that a camp out for hunger would have then received 10,000 pounds of food. And so while I was away, apparently monthly meeting really upped the bar on this. And Dave, so what is the goal for this year for the camp out for hunger? 25,000. 25,000 pounds of food. Yeah. 
Yeah, laugh now, Sarah. <laughs> but you see, that's the point where we say to ourselves, am I gonna laugh inwardly? Am I gonna look at Dave and, or the meeting here in Parkwood and, and Hand to Hand Pantry and say, that's a great idea, that inwardly I'm gonna go, yeah, that'll never happen. That is the test. The hospitable space, friends, is when people share their dreams and their visions and their leadings, and we say, I don't know where this is gonna go, but I welcome it. Let's see what happens here. I don't know how many times I have maybe squashed people's dreams because I laughed inwardly or maybe outwardly. I don't know how many times my dreams have been squashed because I've put that out there. And when you put it out there, you're pretty vulnerable. I put it out there and I've sensed the person laughing back at me and all of a sudden I tend to shut down. We create hospitable spaces in our souls where we're willing to receive whatever God might be seeking to birth within us. So there's that image. God made a promise to Abraham that God was going to fulfill that promise through Sarah against all odds. Sarah laughed and scoffed, and maybe because she looked at herself and thought, no way. Maybe she was tired and cynical. And again, sometimes we become tired and cynical, or we feel that there's not much we can offer. We don't have much for God to work with, but sometimes the most hospitable space we can create is a space within our soul where we receive with trust whatever God might want to birth through you and I. Or maybe whatever God might want to birth through wherever we may be together, whatever God might want to birth through Deep River Friends meeting. You know, the image of age works really, really well here. Because we are about 260-some years old, correct? We're getting up there as a Friends meeting goes. And it would be easy to say, you know, we're kind of in the Sarah stage of life. And when God says, I want to birth something new through Deep River Friends Meeting, we'd say, eh, well, we're kind of old. We're kind of tired. We've been around a long time. I don't know if that's going to happen. But maybe God is coming along and saying, but no, I want to birth something new through you as a meeting. Maybe God says, I want to birth something new through you as a person. Maybe God is saying, I want to birth something new within you, new life, new hope, new possibility, a new deeper sense of awareness of my presence as God speaking to you. Maybe God is just simply wanting to birth within you this new sense of joy and gratitude and thanksgiving about life. Let's not make it so hard. Maybe that's what God wants to birth within each one of us. And maybe what God wants to do is sort of move that Sarah heart away from its laughing and its scoffing and maybe its cynicism and say, just be open. Just welcome it. Just receive it. It may take a few months Birth sometimes takes a few months. But sit with it and see what God can birth within each one of us. And then the last is simply this, and I think this may be the most important, I don't know, creating a hospitable space where we can welcome the person who is often the biggest stranger in our life, and that is ourself. Sometimes we become a stranger to ourselves. We don't know ourselves as well anymore, or we are embarrassed with ourselves, or we've chosen to separate from our deepest self because of shame. Whatever the situation might be, we're often a stranger to ourselves. And sometimes we create that because we just don't like who we are anymore, or we never have liked who we are. We're embarrassed about that person no one knows, and so on the outside we give the person everyone approves of, but on the inside is this person that everyone doesn't see or doesn't know, and they become a stranger to us. What if we got to know the person within? the person who we really are, create a hospitable space for that person and say, this is the person God really loves. 
in all of our messiness and all of our chaos and to realize that God welcomes all of who we are, not just the edited and tidied up part of who we are. What if we created a hospitable space for our own truest self to emerge and just allow that person to live fully and truthfully and honestly and with joy and with life? There's a wonderful poem, I'm going to read part of it, by a poet named Derek Walcott. And he, he talks about uh, getting to meet his own self. He kind of uses it as maybe a, a table, a feast. And this is what he writes. This is the part. The time will come when with elation you will greet yourself arriving at your own door, in your own mirror, and each will smile at the other's welcome. And you will say, sit here and eat. And you will love the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you. That phrase, wonderful phrase, stayed with me when I read it. You will love the stranger who was yourself. How well do you love that stranger? How much do you love that stranger? I would almost bet that God loves that stranger much more than you and I do. And I know that's natural. But can you love that stranger as much as God loves that stranger, the stranger who was yourself. And why is this so important? Because I think to the degree that we do not create these hospitable spaces within is to the degree that we're unable to do it outside of ourselves. If I have this inward hostility to myself, you're going to have inward hostility to others outside of you. If I have inward suspicion and fear of myself, you're going to have it with everyone around you. If I have inward embarrassment and shame about myself, you're just going to carry that into everything that we do. I don't know if it's going to save the world, but what I do know is this, hospitable spaces are a needed experience and presence in this world. Not as a commodity, not as a consumer item, not as a tourist brand, but as something alive and real. We need it in our communities. We need it in our marriages. We need it in our relationships. We need it in our churches. We need it in our neighborhoods. We need it on social media. We need it everywhere so that people can learn to have these conversations and be in those safe places with one another and know that they are accepted and loved. And here's the thing, most of all, to know that they are seen. There's nothing harder and tougher than to feel as if we are invisible and no one sees us, and we are being ghosted. To be seen is the most powerful thing in this world, and that's what hospitable space will do. I want to end with this prayer. It's called a welcoming prayer. It's used in contemplative circles and centering prayer circles, and I offer it as a way for just to reflect upon for a few moments, and then we'll sing our final hymn. And maybe this is a prayer that you could say every day. I, I sometimes use it throughout my week as a way to remind me. So here it is. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me in this moment because I know it is for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for security. I let go of my desire for approval. I let go of my desire for control. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I open to the love and presence of God and the healing action and grace within.